What is up, guys? My name is Jordan, and I'm with my old man, Howie, and welcome to episode 10 of the Jacobs Dynasty Sports Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 10. Can't believe it's going to be week 14 of the NFL season and the first round of the NFL playoffs. It's amazing year after year how fast the NFL season goes by. I I think every year we tend to say, whether it's injuries, we say, it just seems like there's been more injuries this year than any other year. Obviously, this year with COVID, it's just been week to week. It seems like there's there's new and interesting stuff going on as the teams and the and the league try to deal with COVID. In fact, tonight they had just before the Ravens-Cowboys game, which is actually the last game of Week 13, Des Bryant found out he tested positive for COVID while he was on the field. So, so goes this season. Um, again, thanks to all our listeners, and we just hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. Um, this week... Um, continuing the theme of recent weeks, we have a very, very special guest joining us, another fantasy football expert, um, the founder of Fantasy Six Pack, and routinely ranked in the top 10 by Fantasy Pros for accuracy. Um, we want to welcome to the show, Joe Bond. Hey guys, uh, how y'all doing tonight? Thanks for having me on. Pretty good. Uh, Joe, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um... What we usually do when we start off with our guests is we like to hear a little bit about how you got into fantasy sports over the years, um, what you do now related to fantasy sports, and also whether you have a method to your madness in terms of how you look at data when it comes to your rankings of players week to week, or is it just gut feel? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So started playing fantasy football first year of college. Uh, you know, like 2000, 2001. And it's funny, like the first, the first year I got second place in a league and it was an auto draft team. And we had no idea what we were doing. Like it was sort of brand new back then. I mean, not great. I know it was, it's been going on way longer than that, but it started getting mainstream back then. And that's when me and my, my friends did it. Uh, and, but I fell in love with it right away. Like I, I was always sort of a, like a, like a box score nerd, I guess you can call it growing up. I would like read box scores as a kid for no reason. <laughs> so I kind of like, this was natural to me. Um, and so, you know, I started doing it, started doing really well in some leagues and me and my friends were joking around one night and, uh, yeah, cause they would constantly ask me for advice and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of was looking at them. I'm like, I'm going to start charging you guys. So like, Hey, you should <laughs> start your own website. Okay. <laughs> so I did, uh, nah, you know, I don't charge people for my website, but it's, uh, it does pretty well, and I enjoy doing it. It's grown from you know just me and actually the guy who I lost to in that very first fantasy football league to uh, me and about thirty other people doing football, baseball, basketball. We got DFS golf, we've got NCAA, we've got podcasts, we've got uh, we've mixed in NASCAR, we've mixed in hockey, we've mixed in soccer. It's you name it. We, we've tried to dabble in a little bit of everything that we can. Um, but, uh, yeah, as as far as the rankings go, uh, I'd say it's, it's a mix of, you know, gut feeling. And then, you know, I look at obviously past performance. I look at stuff like DVOA when it comes to like defense and matchups, you know, fantasy points scored against, um, you know, that kind of stuff, injuries on both offense and defense that are going to make you know, matter. I don't have like an algorithm. I don't do projections like a lot of people do. Uh, I just haven't gotten there. It was a plan this year, but, and, and in fact, I stopped working in December to kind of be able to focus a little more on the site and also stay home with my kids. Well, staying home with my kids became a full-time job. So, uh, that, that, uh, those plans for projections and that kind of stuff got put on hold, but those are hopefully coming soon. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, other than the site, we do the fancy six pack hour every Thursday night, me and my buddy, AJ Albuquerque. And then I do a fantasy football last call podcast, which is just like a quick week uh, reaction of the games on Sunday night around halftime of the Sunday night game. So that's, that's awesome. You mentioned you started when you were in college. Where did you go to college? Uh, Virginia tech. Okay. 
Very nice. So I was there the the final year of Michael Vick. So <laughs> oh, got got yeah. to live the good life for the fantasy of the, of the the football there, and then we know what's happened lately. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> not good. Did you see him a lot around campus and stuff? Was he accessible? Or I he... saw him. I saw him like at a bar once. Saw him around campus like once or twice, but now. I mean, let's be honest, he probably never went to class. <laughs> I wouldn't either if I was him. <laughs> yeah, he so. was, I'll tell Jordan a little bit about him just because he was more in my wheelhouse when I just started fantasy. And I remember how he had, he, he'd come out like a house of fire, similar to like Lamar Jackson, you know, the running quarterbacks, they have those great seasons and then the league sort of catches up with them mm-hmm. and, and, they, and they regress a little bit. And with him, with sort of his comeback, you know, after he got in trouble and he played with the Eagles his second time around, again, he had one of the greatest fantasy seasons of all time. And then it's sort of the league catches up with some of these running quarterbacks, you know. So it's very interesting, you know, with him even more particular because of, you know, what went on out outside of the field and stuff like that. And I've watched a couple of documentaries, but fascinating story, you know, for a player like him. For sure. No, definitely, definitely. Um, so without further ado, I think we should kick things off with the uh, Thursday night football game for week 14, the first week of uh, NFL fantasy football playoffs. And we got the New England Patriots taking on the Rams. Not that bad of a matchup. I mean, the Patriots dominated Justin Herbert and the yeah, Chargers amazing. this past Sunday. Their defense was in- ridiculous when it came to special teams or just scoring touchdowns. They look great, and then the Rams are coming off a big win against the Cardinals. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, probably the best duo receivers in the league, except maybe Ridley and Julio. The running backs, it looks like Akers is finally starting to take over the backfield with the three-headed monster between Brown, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers. And Jared Goff looking like he could be a top-ten quarterback in the league down the stretch. So, Joe, what are your thoughts on that game this week? Yeah, I think the Rams are going to take it, um, you know, fantasy fantasy side of it of the house. You know, I'm looking at, you know, maybe the receivers having a little bit of trouble on, on both sides of the ball. Obviously, you know, the Patriots receivers are nobody really care about. Um, but, you know, you, you like Cop and you, and you like Woods. You could see like a Reynolds, somebody like that, get a, get a random touchdown. I mean, the Patriots still are pretty tough against receivers. Um, they've really started to, to shape back up on that defensive side of the ball. As you kind of mentioned, they shut down Herbert and company. So that, that's, that's pretty tough to do. Nobody, not a lot of teams have done that. So um, <clears throat> one thing to look out for, though, is I saw uh, Akers didn't practice yesterday. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye out for because obviously a lot of people are getting hyped up with him, me included. And so if you know he doesn't go, then you're looking at Henderson and, and – um, and, um, oh, what's his name? Malcolm <laughs> uh, Brown. The other running back, who I'm totally blanking on right yeah, now. Yeah, Brown. 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 Brown, thank you. <laughs> I'm like thinking about somebody else for some reason. But yeah, uh, you're looking at those guys as the one-two punch. But if Akers is there, I think he gets the bulk of the work and, and he could do good things again. Yeah, it's interesting with these rookie running backs this year. You know, obviously James Robinson has been fantastic. Antonio Gibson until he hurt himself earlier this week. But then when, when you look at the big-name guys like DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers... Um, Jonathan Taylor, it seems like every time one of the, or we're watching Dobbins on the screen now as well. Um, so we'll throw him in the mix, although he's part of like a three headed monster too. It's like every time one of these other guys tries to get some, some momentum going, it seems like, you know, concussion with Swift, COVID with Jonathan Taylor, Akers has been trying to break out of that backfield. I mean, but these are the type of guys that if they get on a run at this point in the season, they can really help lead a lot of fantasy teams to championships but you know to your point i saw the thing about acres missing practice on monday and it's going to be a bummer if he misses the game thursday night yeah no no question about it um you know it's interesting with the patriots i mean i i never thought that they would get back to this point this season where they're either 500 or close to 500 all the talent that sat out because of covid um not a lot of wide receiver talent on the team i mean I don't know if we give you know credit again to Belichick being the coach that he is. If Cam is just trying to you know 
do the best he can or what, but I do think it's 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 pretty impressive that the Patriots have been able to do what they've been doing, you know, and I know it's shutting down Herbert. They talk about Belichick, and he's never lost to, like, a rookie quarterback, but, man, considering the role that Herbert's been on the last, basically the whole season, for him to get shut down in that manner is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah, Belichick's done a great job. Uh, I just... I, I kind I mean, the team just isn't talented enough to to go very far this year. So it is it is whatever, and they're super impossible to trust in fantasy, even even Cam. Yep, for agreed. Sure. Agreed. <clears throat> now moving on to the the next game on Sunday afternoon, going from the Patriots to to Tom Brady. You know, the Vikings versus the Buccaneers. They're coming off a bye. Um, I don't think the the bye could have come any sooner for the Buccaneers. I mean, to to play through Week Thirteen. And then first get an opportunity, especially when you're a team with a lot of talent who came together this year for the first time and didn't really have a preseason to play exhibition games. It's probably a worthwhile break for the Buccaneers. I would expect them to come out and and take this game. Um, I, I think Brady will have a decent game. It's a good matchup against Minnesota, who's been playing better the last couple weeks. I think one of the problems with the the Buccaneers from a fantasy perspective, especially on the wide receiver side of things, is there's just way too many mouths to feed. So pretty much if you have Godwin Evans or Antonio Brown, you know, there's a good chance you're going to have to play them. You know, figuring out which guy is going to have fantasy success is a little bit more difficult. What do you think about that game, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all expecting Tom Brady and the Bucks to to be firing all cylinders on, on offense. You know, the Vikings defense has been exposed many, many times this year, and <clears throat> I think you know Brady's the best of the best, and you know he's going to get it done. I mean, you're, you're spot on with the receivers. Godwin and Evans are, are the one two to me. Uh, Browns, you know, he's kind of target dependent. And but I mean Evans and Godwin have been have been really good uh, for the most part, especially Evans actually as, as of late. And um, the only thing to kind of watch out for is Godwin went in and got the pins taken out of his finger. Uh, they're saying he should be good to go, but that's just something to keep an eye on there, which obviously would raise AJ Brown, um, not AJ Brown, um, <clears throat> Antonio Brown. Um, the the running backs like I don't really know what to think here with the Tampa Bay running backs at all. You know, you've you've got you've got the coaches coming out for the Bucks saying that they want to give Rojo twenty touches. Like you know, nobody's believing that. Um, but could it happen? Sure. I mean, Fournette's been the worst of the two by yep. a long shot. So I don't know why they're not giving Rojo the ball more. But I also think it's Brady being Brady, and he just you know he likes to do his dink dunk pass game a lot and to get down the field more than run the ball. So. Um, <clears throat> that's what it is there. The Vikings side, I mean, Thielen and Jefferson have been just on fire. Oh, unreal. Uh, which has really helped out Kirk Cousins. He's actually a viable streaming quarterback play in the playoffs because of the way he's clicked with these receivers late. Um, so I, I've he's he's got some interesting matchups in, in the playoffs here. <clears throat> not not the greatest, but you know, he could take advantage. I mean, we've seen the Bucks, even though their defense is really good, get in some sort of shootout games. So they can be had on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, I mean, other than uh, other than this game, I mean, they get Chicago and then New Orleans, which have been pretty tough defenses too. So it's not going to be easy sledding for the Vikes, but Cousins could maybe you know get some you know second half garbage time work, and I think Jefferson and Thielen are pretty much plug and play at this point. No, absolutely. Sure. I mean, arguably, like two top ten wide receivers on the same team, and I mean Jefferson. Gosh, for people who picked, I'm sure he wasn't drafted on a lot of teams, but for people who picked him up during the season, again, you know, one, one of those guys that if your team has him, you're probably in, in pretty good shape as you head into yeah. the fantasy playoffs. Him and Justin Robinson, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's continue on. We got the Arizona Cardinals versus the New York Giants. I mean, me and my dad are both Giants fans. We were very happy with... The win, especially since it was led by Colt McCoy, a backup quarterback, defeating a pretty tough Seattle Seahawks team. Um, the Cardinals coming off a tough loss to the uh, Rams. Um, DeAndre Hopkins pretty much 
locked down by Jalen Ramsey, and he's in, he has another tough matchup this he week does. against James Bradbury. And I think down the stretch, I think he probably has the toughest wide receiver cornerback matchups between now and the rest of the fantasy football playoffs. Um, the two running backs, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, I think have flex value. I would probably lean towards Kenyon Drake a little more just because he gets more carries and he's probably gets more percentage of snap counts. Then looking at the Giants side, I think the only guy you could really trust is Wayne Gallman. It's unreal. Out of nowhere. <laughs> unreal with Wayne Gallman. I mean, Jordan and I were talking about this the other day. Um, about how the Giants have a better record without Saquon Barkley since he was drafted. You know, he's been injured, you know, for quite a few games as well. But it goes back to, you know, when Dave Gettleman drafted Barkley with such a high pick in the draft. And then you look at the success that the team is able to have with Wayne Gallman, um, who just comes out of nowhere. And even when you look at the quarterback on the Giants, I mean, listen, Colt McCoy is not going to go out there and set the house on fire, but... The bottom line is if you play discipline, which is the Joe Judge style of play from the Belichick school, at the end of the day, if you can take care of the ball um, and and burn the clock, I mean, play tough defense, you're going to keep yourself in a lot of games. I mean, for us as Giants fans, we were saying this might have been their biggest win in the last three or four years. What are your thoughts on that game, Joe, and also on the Arizona side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, you guys hit it right there. I mean, the... The New York offense isn't going to light the world on fire. Pretty much the only guy you want to even maybe flex is Gallman uh, just because he's getting volume, big-time volume. It's hard to trust the receivers as talented as some of them are. You know, Shepard may be in a PPR league. Slayton just isn't getting it done this year. He's so unpredictable. Um, And with Colt McCoy there, like, he's not going to light it up. I mean, I I saw him enough times with with Washington in – as my ex fandom goes, and he's he's serviceable. He's a safe game manager type guy. He's never really going to light it up, though. The Arizona side, you bring up very good points with the Hopkins matchups. Like you're never sitting Hopkins. I just you can't do it. I mean, this is a top three guy. Like if he hits right, um, I still worry about the fact that Murray's shoulder isn't right and uh you you can kind of tell somebody tweeted out today the route tree for hopkins the last three weeks and it's been like all these little like out routes little um little corner routes little slants just button hooks right on the left side there that's where he lines up that's where he runs all his routes and you kind of wonder if they're doing this to protect murray because we already know he's not running as much since the shoulder injury and that has hurt his fantasy value big time but now he's not passing it downfield enough. And that's, to me, it's because they're trying to get the ball out of his hands and protect him from getting hit. Um, we saw, I, I looked at the box scores on Sunday because I was kind of wondering about this. And he ran the ball over double digit times three weeks prior to the shoulder injury. Since the shoulder injury, he has not, he's had five rushing attempts each wow. of those games. Five, exactly five. He's just not running. And, you know, he was getting touchdowns, and that was killing the run game. But, you know, what that does, you brought it right up, Kenny Drake. His value is as high as it's been all year because all of those rushing attempts that were going to Murray are now going to Drake. And Drake was already getting the red zone stuff, it's, you know, or at least some of the red zone stuff. Uh, now, Murray was getting a lot of those touchdowns, unfortunately, but Drake was always there in the red zone. So yeah. now those touchdowns for red zones are going to Drake, and his value's been higher than it's ever been. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting that on the on the Cardinals' offense, even when Hopkins is in tough matchups, you know, like Christian Kirk had like three games during the middle of the season where he popped off, but since then it it it's, he's like barely even getting any targets. So it's there's not a lot to go around in that offense. But you've raised some really good points about Murray and how he's been limited with the shoulder. And um, I, I would expect the Giants to give these guys a run for their money and, and maybe even pull out another really surprise win, you know. Um, the Giants defense has been real solid this year. The last, you know, since, I don't know, what about since week five or six? They've, they've yeah. really stepped up. Yep, for sure. Joe, you still there? I am. Okay, okay. cool. <laughs> no, it sounded like it floated out. We're, <laughs> oh, we're, no, we're good. We're, 
we're live for our listeners, so uh, you go with the flow. And and for everybody listening out there, again, it's it's episode ten of the Jacobs Dynasty Sports Podcast, the week fourteen, first week of the fantasy football playoffs NFL preview, with our guest Joe Bond from Fantasy Six Pack. Yep. So moving on. Probably the game of the day, or one of the big games of the day, is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins struggled a little bit last week. Tua didn't look like the Tua we all know from college, and he had a pretty rough day. Jacecki had a pretty good day, I'm surprised. I think he's a pretty good tight end down the stretch. Um, Devontae Parker was ejected mid-game after a hit, I think, on a kickoff to Grant Sr., on the Dolphins, um, Miles Gaskin was back, putting up okay numbers. I expect him to pick up a little bit this week. And then looking at the Chiefs side, I mean, every offensive player, you're pretty much starting. Kelsey, Hill, Mahomes. I mean, they, they're all number one at their position, basically. Um, looking at the running back side, Hilaire was quote-unquote active this past week, even though I don't think he got a single snap. And then Le'Veon Bell was the main guy, and he didn't really do that much. But I think if Hilaire's fully healthy this week, he's a start over Bell. And I do have the Chiefs winning this game. Yeah, I think this game is going to be closer than people think. Um, the Dolphins' defense has played very well this season, very well the last couple weeks. I don't think I'd start them against Kansas City just because they have so much firepower. But I do expect the Dolphins to keep this game close and give Kansas City a run for their money. Joe, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it's a seven-point spread, and I would probably take the Miami Dolphins on that if I had to pick by points. I agree with you. I think it could be a lot closer than than a lot of people expect it to be. And if you had said that week one of the season, everybody would have laughed at you really hard. But uh, the Dolphins have come to play this year, and that defense is a big, big reason why. And you know, to, uh, to start there, he, yeah, he, he's a game manager at this point. He's just kind of the safer play. They, they kind of want to see where he's going to go. They realize their defense can carry him in most games, and they and they want to get two of some work, and, and that's fine. If anything, Fitzpatrick can lose you games more often than not, so I guess it's the right way to go if they actually think they can win. Um, but it but it does. It limits that that offensive upside, and, and you're spot on by saying Gusecki having a good game last week was a huge surprise. I went out as soon as they announced who it was the starter. I went, well, downgrade Parker and, and Gusecki. Yeah. Uh, and then Gusecki goes out and does what he does, which was incredible. Um, <clears throat> this just proves you, like, if you get that guy targets, he's a monster. Like, he's such an offensive talent. Uh, super athletic. So... I, I like him if they can get him targets. It's just a it's just a consistency for targets with him has been the problem. And then, you know, kind of the same thing with Parker. You know, it's it's how many passing attempts are they really gonna get in this offense with two of their that's not their game plan, especially with Gaskins back. Um on the offensive side, yeah, plug and play everybody. Clyde Edwards hilarious, sort of the one that I hesitate on a little bit. Like maybe you have better options, but I mean running back's been such a dumpster fire this year that maybe you know you probably don't, but he's not really killing it for me. So, you know, kind of check the rankings around, you know, see what you need. If you need a little higher upside play than, than Hilaire, then, then maybe go for it. If you need the safe route, then he's okay. Yep. Sounds good. Definitely agree. For the, for the next, what we're going to do for the next just, four or five games on the slate. quick hitters. We're going to quick hit. We're going to each take in a round-robin fashion. We're going to take one of the games and point out the main – fantasy implications so jordan's going to start with the titans versus the jaguars i mean obviously titans are the favorites in this game i think ryan Tannehill. if you have him and you don't have like a patrick mahomes justin herbert aaron Rodgers type of guy i mean he's a pretty decent start derrick henry you're starting aj brown you're starting Corey davis i mean might probably be one of the big waiver wire pickups of the year i mean I don't think he's had in PPR one single-digit game this year when healthy, except maybe one where he had zero. Where I don't know if he was injured or just didn't get enough target shares or what, but he's been great this year. I think he's a must-start in most leagues. Um, Looking at the tight end side, I think a sleeper, I mentioned him in prior weeks, Anthony Ferksker. He's a little bit of a boomer bust type of guy, but if you need a tight end, he's not a bad option. Then looking at the Jaguar side, I think the only guy you can really trust, obviously, is James Robinson. Does it week after week. DJ Chark has a little bit of flex value, but with Mike Lennon at quarterback, it's kind of unpredictable. 
And I also do think if you need a defense this week, the Titans are not that bad. The only thing I'll add to that, if if you're really looking for a deep wide receiver, I think there's a guy, Johnson. Oh, yes. He had a two-point conversion last week and a touchdown the yeah, week before. Yeah, on the Jaguars the last two weeks who's gotten some targets, but he's a real deep sleeper. Um, I'm going to quick hit on the Cowboys versus Bengals game. Cowboys are playing right now, Tuesday night against the Ravens. Look like they have a little bit more life on offense than they've had the last couple weeks. I, I certainly would expect the Ravens to win this game. Playing against the Bengals, man, what are you supposed to say? I mean, maybe the Bengals, if you need T. Higgins, you roll him out there and hope that he gets a touchdown. There's nothing going on in the backfield there. And real quick, I think Mixon, 50-50 coming back this week. I I have not seen anything on him. I hate him this year. He was my first round pick in a number of leagues. I hate him too. Joe Mixon, even if he comes back, (laughs) I can't see myself playing him. On on the Cowboys side of the field, I think at the end of the day, just because the matchup is so good against the Bengals, you could start the Cowboys defense, and you'd probably Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, um, and and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Chances are, if you have them, you're going to have to roll them out there in the playoffs. Um, Joe, you want to talk about the Texans and the Bears? Yeah, this one's an interesting one because, you know, it, a week ago we probably would have said this game would have been awesome offense versus good defense, right? But uh, with, with Fuller getting suspended, it's sort of, I'm not really sure. I, I think you're probably rolling out Watson in most cases. Um, you're probably rolling out Cooks as a, as a late wide receiver two type type play. Uh, Kiki Kuti is sort of a, an interesting deeper play, you know, type flex if, if you're in a you know, deep league like that. Um I don't really want anything to do with David Johnson if I can help it. On the Bears side, I mean, Trubisky is is sort of in that maybe streamer category again. Like we kind of thought he might be able to do it last week. It didn't work out. But I mean, like, look, if if you're past that top 12 and you really got nobody, like you could go for Kirk Cousin against Tampa. You go for Ryan against the Chargers. You go for Stafford against the Packers. You go for Trubisky against Houston. Flip a coin, guys. Figured out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all kind of whatever at that point. So, and the Bears really the only guy I trust, and you just have to hope that Trubisky doesn't totally, you know, crap the bed. Is uh, <clears throat> is is uh, Allen Robinson? He's he's the one guy there that uh, that you can rely on from week to week. It feels like. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm just curious, Joe, to get a little bit more thoughts from you on the Deshaun Watson play, being that he's missing so many of his. Uh, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins is gone, and now Fuller's not there. Like, do you think with a guy like him, if you have like a a Trubisky or a Kirk Cousins or you know so, somebody else um, Hill, who's maybe. like a Taysom Hill, like a second tier guy that you might consider sitting Watson, or is Watson in that class of the start your studs no matter what? I think at this point, like, and this is what I was kind of hoping for, and we saw it last week, was that without Cooks. And they were probably the offense wasn't going to be super efficient, and it wasn't. But they were going to have to pass a lot, right? Um, and so they did. And then you know he ran the ball pretty well himself, scored. He didn't get the passing touchdowns, but the volume was there, the yardage was there. He he ran, he got in the end zone rushing the ball, so that kind of saved his day. But you know I I, I and that was against Indy too. So Indy's got solid defense. Chicago is better, but. Uh, I, I still think that he's a good enough quarterback to make it work. And, yes, I would start him over the Cousins and, and, and guys like that. Yep. Okay. Just want to mention a quick sleeper. Once again, if you need a tie end, Cole Komet. He's starting to show some potential fantasy-wise. He had a touchdown last week. I think he had maybe five receptions, and he's starting to pick it up a little bit. So be on the lookout for him down the line. Um, next game for the quick hitters, we got Denver Broncos versus Carolina Panthers, rematch of Super Bowl 50. Um, Broncos actually put up a decent fight against the Chiefs. They weren't totally blown out, but, um, looking at them, I think Fant is startable for tight ends and Melvin Gordon finally came alive. I think he had a hundred plus scrimmage yards. And then looking at, um, the Panther side, I know all the Christian McCaffrey Draft owners are hoping for him to come back. It looks like he will come back. Obviously, a must start. Mike Davis goes to the bench, maybe even droppable. Um, and then DJ Moore, I think, was put on the COVID reserve list along with Curtis Samuel. So keep an eye on them. Maybe they play 50-50 for them to play, not to play. And then 
if DJ Moore and Samuel are out, I think you got to start Robbie Anderson. I mean, he's been pretty consistent this year. And another streaming option for defense, the Carolina Panthers, very underrated this season. Yep. I, I would not drop Mike Davis, especially if you have no. him on your bench. <laughs> I think you could argue he's probably the top handcuff in the league, assuming McCaffrey gets Jamal the lion's share of the, uh, the carries. And on the Broncos side, I would point out Tim Patrick, if you need a wide receiver... Yes. This guy's just been coming on. I've had him on my bench in one league. I've never started him. And he's like one of those guys that just has been delivering week after week, almost like a Cole Beasley type guy. So if you have him on your bench, I mean, he might. this might be a week to roll him out there. I rolled him out last week in a, in a league and I was so happy for him. Oh, <laughs> great choice. It was so awesome. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, I went with DJ Chark over him and we know uh, it cost me a win. I don't, I don't blame you for that, but yeah, that, that hurts. <laughs> yep. Joe, uh, Joe, do you want to take the Jets and the Seahawks? Sure, yeah. Uh, the Jets, uh, does anybody care? <laughs> I, think- I mean, this is going to be a slaughter. The Seahawks got... No, no offense, Giants fans, but the Seahawks got embarrassed. Like they should have, they should have ran house against the Giants, and everybody knows it. Probably the Giants too, uh, but they got embarrassed, and uh, now they get to go face the other New York team, who is worse. Oh uh, God! And uh, it's it's gonna be rough, man. Like I don't see how they don't just come out and just crush it. Um, the Jets just don't have anybody. I mean, I guess if Frank Gore has the concussion and he's out, maybe you take a desperation Ty Johnson play. But, I mean, I don't want anything to do with uh, maybe Crowder at best. But, you know, Mims is sort of a DFS punt play at the position. That's kind of the only time I've ever used a Jet is when I use Mims for like $3,500 on, on DraftKings or something like that. Um, the Seahawks plug in everybody, just go for it. All the starters, you get, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I would think after the way the Jets lost last week, like when the the defensive coach basically gives up, oh, whereas yeah. they play tough. If that if they were going to get a win, that was the win. I think this week they're just gonna they're gonna roll over probably. I mean, Darnold will probably be chucking it up, like you said. Maybe one of those receivers will get a long touchdown by some luck, but man. I, yeah, I don't think they'll tough. get shut out, but it's going to be tough to predict where the points come from on the Jets. And so you just don't want to start those guys. You know, Crowder's sort of a PPR guy, but he he was a much bigger PPR guy early on before Mims and all those guys came back. And, and now that they're back, he's not seeing quite the volume. Now, he scored twice last week, but it's kind of a fluke, and it was the Raiders. So, you know, whatever. Huh. As you mentioned, the Raiders, the next game on the slate is the Colts versus the Raiders. I, you know, the, the Raiders obviously offensively played very well against the Jets. Darrell Waller went off like crazy. Derek Carr had a good game. Colts is going to be a tougher matchup probably. At the end of the day, you know, other, other than Waller and if you absolutely need to stream Carr, it's tough to go with any of the Raiders wide receivers because you don't know from week to week who's going to be the guy. You know, Al Aguilar has had a couple of games where he's he's had some pretty good games. But again, it's tough to know who it's going to go to. The Raiders backfield without Josh Jacobs, who looks like he's going to miss another game this week. I picked up Devontae Booker, started him over Jonathan Taylor this past week, and it cost me a win, unfortunately. I'd probably try to stay away from him if you have better options. Joe, what are your thoughts on the Colts side of the field? I mean, the, the Colts, uh, you know, they're surprisingly looking pretty solid on, on the offensive side. Um, I know Jonathan Taylor is looking a little bit better. The one who really surprises me is Philip Rivers. Uh, he was sort of being left for dead and then really started coming on strong here. He is dealing with that toe injury or the foot injury or whatever it ended up being. Uh, but he's still putting up points, and so he's right in that streaming category, especially against this Vegas event, against this Vegas team. Um, you know, Pittman's kind of his go-to guy, but I think defenses have picked up on that, and so T.Y. Hilton's been open more lately too, and so he's actually starting to creep back into that streaming category. Um, still kind of tough to to trust there with Hilton, but you know, Hilton and, and Pittman are kind of right there, you know, in my rankings for this week so far. And I'm sure things will get moved around, but they're right around that like flex category you know back to back so um the tight ends are kind of hard to predict but for that team it was Burton at one point and I don't I guess it still is but I don't know I'll stay away from that 
Uh, but that's what I got to say about the Colts. Fire up, fire up that defense, though. Yep, for sure. I'm just going to touch upon the uh, Washington football team versus the 49ers real quick. Washington football team picking up a huge win on Monday Night Football. Against, well, the first Monday Night Football against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Their defense dominated. Chase Young looked great. Unfortunately, Antonio Gibson owners, pretty scary. I mean, it looks like he suffered from a turf toe. Then they said it was a knee injury, so it's still up in the air right now. But Gibson, Gibson's available to go. I think you obviously have to lock him in your lineups. I really hope he goes because I, I have him in a lot of leagues. Terry McLaurin had a pretty down week, but plug him in still. Obviously, he's a top 10 receiver when he plays, and he's a must-start. Looking at the 49ers side, Debo Samuel was non-existent in the first half, and then finally came to life in the second half. And then Brandon Ayuk was pretty much alive in the first half, then non-existent in the second half. So that receiving core is a little unpredictable. I still would probably start Debo at a flex, and then Ayuk, if you need a receiver, I would start him as a flex. And then, I mean, Mostert really did not do good uh, this past uh, Monday Night Football. But I expect him to bounce back. Um, I expect him to get more touches and maybe even some more catches this week. And I do have <coughs> the 49ers winning in a very close game. Ooh, nah, I'm, I'm going to go with Washington in this one, especially with the way their defense played. I expect them to continue to be inspired. Um, mentioned earlier... Um, uh, Mike Giusecki, Logan Thomas, I think is the Washington's version of Mike Giusecki. Peppered with targets early in the season, but obviously when Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback, the results weren't there. But since Alex Smith has taken over, he's sort of taken off from a fantasy perspective. If Antonio Gibson doesn't play, J.D. McKissick, I think, is a good running back play, especially in PPR. And on the 49ers side of the ball, I think I saw a stat that in the last four games Brandon Ayuk has had like a 30% target share so I think he's definitely a play and I think when it comes to Raheem Raheem Mostert I think the problem is just giving him consistent opportunities he's a talented player but last night depending on the drive he was in and out of the game and I just didn't think he could get going Joe what are your thoughts on that game yeah I you know, right now, it, it, it's kind of a coin flip as far as who wins. I'm leaning Washington just because, like, you're right. Their defense has been playing super, super well right now. And and uh, it's I, I, it's hard to trust this 49ers team right now, especially, like you said, that running game is, is sort of like, I don't know who's getting the ball every week. We thought early in the year when Mostert and everybody else was healthy, Mostert was taken over. But now that they're all, health, all healthy again, it's not happening. Um, they just switch everybody in and out, and there's four of them. So it's like, good luck. Um, I do like the receivers. I think they are all flex plays, unfortunately. Um, Debo and Ayuk, um, they just they just aren't getting quite the volume you were hoping. And against the against the Washington football team, I'm not sure that there's going to be enough volume there, uh, like you saw late in this game this past week. Um, that they saw in the second half where they were just passing every down like that. Um, and that's when they finally started getting going. You saw those guys making plays. So I do like them. They're super talented. They can, yards after the catch are incredible with both of those guys. Just the volume and, you know, Mullins is just a, a sub, just a average quarterback. So, yeah. All right, moving on. We got five games left to go. I'm just going to touch upon the Saints versus the Eagles real quick. I mean, the Saints, top of the NFC. If Drew Brees comes back, Kamara and Michael Thomas's value just go straight up. I mean, they're already doing pretty good right now, but with Drew Brees, I expect it to even go higher. Obviously, Taysom Hill plays. He's not a bad quarterback start just because he runs the ball a lot and gets a lot of rushing touchdowns. Um, and looking at the Eagles side, I mean, not much to say. Jalen Hurts finally getting the start. Yeah, tough matchup for him. Yeah, tough matchup for yes. his first game as a starter. Miles Sanders coming off another poor performance against the Packers somehow. And he has, he's now playing the number one rush defense in the league. So <clears throat> I think you have to start him still, but lower your expectations for him. Yeah, Joe, what are your thoughts there? I mean, yeah, I, I, mean I, I totally agree. Um, everything you just said. I mean, Miles Sanders has been killing me all season. I have him in multiple places, and I, I, I don't blame him when he's gotten the opportunities he's he's gotten done. But I mean, he didn't even get he didn't even get touches this past game. They were getting slaughtered from the start. They didn't try. Yep, yep. 
the the next game on the slate with the Falcons versus the Chargers. To me, this is going to be an interesting one from the standpoint of whether Herbert can rebound from from you know last week. Obviously, was really poor. The week before wasn't as good as he'd been previously. Falcons, I feel like they've been playing better. Um, they've been in games the last couple of weeks, so I I almost feel like with Herbert, it's like you got to go with him if he's your guy. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he has another off game. Um, that that's just my gut feeling going into this at the end of the day. Like, you know, I have Tom Brady and Herbert on one of my fantasy teams and I, it's going to be right to the wire in terms of who I play, especially considering that Brady's got a good matchup against the Vikings. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this game and, and where Herbert stands at this point in the season, Joe? Like, I, I think Herbert is allowed to have one bad game and let's all not super freak out. I mean, this guy has gotten it done against some of the top defenses in the league. We're talking Miami, he got it done. Tampa Bay, he got it done. Denver, he got it done. Um, you know, and, and he's gone toe-to-toe with the other best quarterbacks in, in the league, right? So, yeah, he had one bad game against New England. It, it happens. Uh, I, I'm plugging him in against this Atlanta defense. I know they have been playing much, much better of late, but they're still not that good. So I, I'm expecting Herbert to bounce back and and be the guy that we saw, you know, two three weeks ago. I guess, and we'd assume Julio, Calvin Ridley are going to do their thing. Matt Ryan, uh, he's probably in that area where you have to think about whether or not you have better options. Are we just going to ignore Young Huoku, leading uh, people to championships? Let's not ignore him, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, him and Jason Sanders are like leading people to like playoffs basically. I mean, they're getting between ten and twenty points each week. It's crazy. But yeah. I I know cool owners are very happy, as well as Sanders owners. But, I'm raising um, my hand. I've got one of each of them. <laughs> I'm in two I'm in two leagues that have kickers. I've got Sanders and I've got Koo. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on, we got Lions Packers. I mean, not really much to say here. Expect the Packers to come out and dominate Aaron Rodgers as a start, Aaron Jones as a start. Devontae Adams is a start. Um, tight ends. I actually dropped Jacecki this past week for Tanyan, and they both did good. Um, Tanyan had a touchdown, a couple catches. So happy about that. And then looking at the line side, if Swift comes back, I think you got to start him. Um, Kenny Galladay has been injured for, it feels like, forever. But I think if he comes back, he's also a start. He has a tough matchup against Jair Alexander, who I assume will guard him, but... And then Marvin Jones has actually been showing off a little bit without Kenny Galladay there. But I would lower your expectations a little bit if Galladay comes back. But I do expect the Packers to take this. I, I, I have to say, I do think Matt Stafford is a potential start this week in a, in a decent matchup, depending on who your other options are. And if Swift isn't available, God, Adrian Peterson... It's like him and him and Frank Gore just don't go away. Um, <laughs> was he have four touchdowns over the last two weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope Swift is out there. I can't tell you for the last three weeks. While well, myself and every other fantasy owner that has him has been waiting for him to ride to the rescue, I I just don't expect it to be there this week. It sounds like he's been off since he had that concussion. Might have been one of the first ones in his career and. It seems like the effects are lingering. I'd certainly be happy if he's there, but um, I'm not going to get my hopes up until he's active on Sunday morning. What do you think there real quick, Joe? Yeah, I'd be careful about with that Stafford play. Uh, the Packers are sneaky good against the pass cause, because they usually get gashed on the ground. Now, I mean, the the Lions may not do it without Swift. AP, you know, he's going to plot his way to, you know, 70 yards and maybe a touchdown, but... Um, I don't think he's going to gash them like we've seen you know, guys like Dalvin Cook do. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about with Swift, even if he comes back. And if Galladay comes back, I'm I'm going to wait and see here with that guy because who knows if he just hurts that hip again, you know, two plays in. It's just been lingering forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with the Steelers and the Bills next up for Sunday Night Football, we mentioned it, I think, briefly early in the show. Um, I think this is going to be another tough game for the Steelers. I actually think the Bills are going to pull it out. I actually feel a little bit bad for the Steelers. Not that you feel that way about NFL teams, but the fact that their schedule has been moved around so many times. Their bye week was very early in the season. You know, they were you know 11-0, a fantastic start to the season for any team. But, I mean, 
with all the schedule shuffling, it just seems like they have suffered more than any other team as it relates to things getting moved around at the end of the day. And again, I think timing is going to be unfortunate for them with this week against a tough Bills team. James Conner is going to be back, which is, is going to be good to see. I think it's going to help them. But, you know, even in the aftermath of last night's loss, you had a lot of comments coming out of the coaching staff and stuff about wide receivers dropping balls during the game at key mm-hmm. times. I mean, Tom, Tom was pretty vocal about it. Big Ben didn't want to throw any of his receivers under under the bus. But um, I think this is going to be a tough one for the, for the Steelers, like I said, against a very talented Bills team led by Josh Allen. What are your thoughts on that game, Joe? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a, an exciting game. I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of a you know a twenty to seventeen type game. I, I just feel it's it's not going to be as high scoring as is probably a lot of fantasy players are hoping here. Um, Allen was killing it this past awesome. uh, like just last night. He looked like the guy that we saw the first few weeks of the season finally again. Um, I'm not sure he's going to quite have that success against the Steelers, but I think he's he's right there where he's pretty much in in must start territory. Just about, um, you know, uh, Big Ben. I, I wonder if you know this is a little bit the coaching staff obviously frustrated with all the receivers. I mean, they are dropping the ball. I, like I watched some of that game, and they did. They dropped like it seemed like every other pass was just yeah. drop right in the chest, drop. Like I had no idea what was going on. Um, but I think I also think I read something that Deontay Johnson has like a 13% drop rate this year, which is wow. incredibly high. Um, so, but he, you know, he's been performing like, what was it? Two weeks ago, we were all raving about the, the Steelers receivers where, cause they were all top 12 performers for that week. Um, so it is what it is. The Bills defense isn't, you know, quite as stout as they were last year. Everybody knows that. So it's it's just a matter of, you know, can they cash the ball? This team needs to get back in sync a little bit. And I think I think they'll be fine in the long run. But it's um, it's going to be an exciting game. And I think you kind of plug in all, all the normal guys here. Um, you know, Diggs, Beasley's kind of a flex play. Maybe not in this game. Uh, but he's been, like you mentioned before, he's, he's, been, he's been performing uh, pretty well. Singletary is kind of iffy, um, in my opinion, because you never know if Moss, how much work Moss is going to get. The running game for the Steelers is the one where I'm like, uh, hang on. I don't know what this going on, what's going on here. Like, yeah. if Connor plays, I guess maybe, because people probably have nobody left. But if Snell and McFarlane are the guy, I'm running away from them. Yeah, agreed. I actually started Snell in one league this week. Me too. <laughs> Very underwhelming. I, it seems like, you know, the, the guys who were, were stepping in to fill in for the full-time starters, just uh, not getting it done. Not like I said, Devontae Booker earlier also. Yeah. All right. Finish. It's funny how things have changed from week one when everybody was like hyping Snell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's easier said than done for these second <laughs> Yep. But, um, yeah, finishing up on the week 14 – a uh, preview for this week. We got the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. I mean, key matchup for both these teams fighting for a playoff spot. I think this is the first time in like 15 or 18 years the Browns are above 500 for the whole season, which is crazy to think about. Baker Mayfield, I mean, lit up the Titans defense this past Sunday. I think he had like four touchdowns in the first half. Um, yeah. Jarvis Landry finally coming alive. Yeah. I know owners are happy to see that. I, then, start, I started Landry three weeks in a row, and he had single digits, sat him the last two weeks, and the guy comes out like a house of fire. Yep. Of course. Um, Nick Chubb, obviously, dominating these past three weeks. I think he's over 100 scrimmage yards the past three weeks, getting in the end zone. He's looking like a monster. Kareem Hunt, not so much, but obviously in PPR, he gets catches, he gets those yards. So he's he's a little bit of a flex play for me. And then looking at the Baltimore side, I mean – you're starting your studs, Lamar Jackson, who actually looks pretty decent against the Cowboys tonight. You're starting him. I mean, another weird backfield for Baltimore. I would probably lean J.K. Dobbins if you were to start one of them. But then again, only if you're put into that position, which I hope you're not. And then the wide receivers, I mean, Marquise Brown's probably number one, but I have a hard time deciding to start him. 
And Mark no, Andrews. You're not starting him. <laughs> yeah. And Mark Andrews, if he's back, I think you got to start him. I mean, probably one of the better tight end red zone threats. Um, yeah, I'd probably start Mark Andrews. And that pretty much wraps up week 14 preview. Yeah, Joe, do you have any quick thoughts on the Ravens and the Browns? Yeah, I mean, just just real quick. I mean, the 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 receivers for for the Ravens, I, I don't go anywhere near them except for Mark Andrews. Andrews is the one guy that gets you know fifty percent target share just about every game. It feels like, uh, and he sees a lot of the red zone. So that's that's the only way you can go, and especially a tight end. Like you just need guys who are getting targets and quality targets, which is what he gets. The rushing attack, like I. I love Dobbins, and every time he touches the ball, I'm like, yeah, look at him go. And then he goes off to the sideline. You're like, no, look at him go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. It's another San Francisco, right? It's like, ah, make me want to strangle somebody. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I guess throw Dobbins out there if you really need to. The guy's electric. If he gets, you know, one or two touches, the guy can make a, can make a play. But it really is hard to start him. And, you know, the Brown side, it's Chubb, it's possibly Landry. Hunt's sort of on the cusp. I, I'm not really loving what I'm seeing from him lately. He's just not really getting the work that you were hoping he was going to get. Um, even in PPR leagues. I mean, we're talking two catches, three catches, one catch the last few weeks. And uh, he saw more catches in those horrible rain games than he did in the last couple weeks absolutely so we'll see how it plays out in that game obviously like we said the Browns have certainly finally delivered on their expectations it definitely looks like they're going to be in the playoff mix and uh, Ravens looks like they're going to be fighting to stay in the mix Um, they're winning the game tonight right now 17-10 that's going to wrap it up for this week. Again, our guest, uh, Joe Bond from Fantasy Six Pack. Joe, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. And if you wanted to just go real quick and give out your Twitter handles or whatever other web pages you want people to visit to check out your content or listen to your advice, please go ahead and do that. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, th- thanks for having me on, guys. It was a good time. I always enjoy talking to football. Uh, again, the, the the site is fantasysixpack.net, and then you can follow me on Twitter at F6P underscore Joe. And actually, we've got our, our site Twitter as well, just at fantasysixpack, all spelled out. Um, again, go to the site. The, the links to the podcast are all there. We're on YouTube and Periscope, and we're on iTunes and Spotify and everything else. So Fancy Six-Pack Hour, Fancy Football Last Call. There's a bunch of other ones out there that I'm not a part of, but they're affiliated with the site as well. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yep, thank you. All right. Have a good night, guys. Yep. Best of luck, by the way, to you and anyone listening in their fantasy football leagues. Hopefully, you guys have a bye right now, but if you don't, good luck in your first rounds, and hopefully you pull through to the semifinals for next week. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be, we will be back next week.